The Legendarium Podcast is brought to you by, by you. So please visit patreon.com slash legendarium to, to support the show. But for now, welcome to The Legendarium. Early 80s, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was in high school. I can't remember. I wasn't born yet. Shh. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much for the reminder. Sorry, yes, if the gray hair wasn't enough of an indication. Oh, wait, I still have hair. Sorry. Ooh. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. That was rude. Nope. Nope. It's okay, Todd. My, my hair, what little I have will still be here when you're long gone. <laughs> At least for 20 <laughs> extra years. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Legendarium <laughs> Podcast. I am Craig Hanks, your host. <laughs> Uh, that's that's my host voice, Ryan. That's you, Ryan has his own voice uh, frequently. He, yes. Every time you, <laughs> every time we put you in front of the microphone and and give you a line, you know, you you sound like yourself if it's just like, uh, you know, I'm just going to talk. But if we give you a line, it comes out sort of vaguely British, but not really. I don't know what you're talking about in the least. I... <laughs> he came from the George Lucas school of how to elocute. And that's and that's Todd. <laughs> Welcome, Todd. Thank you. And next to him is Ken. Which beats my radio recapper voice, I, I've heard. So I don't know. It's pretty much the same. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I do love that uh, Ken's shot is uh, nice and blocked by the microphone uh, stand there. So... People watching on YouTube are going to be like, oh, thank goodness. As, I was going to say, as they prefer. So. Uh, all right. So today, as you can tell already, this is a, a different episode. This is a let's let our hair down episode a little bit. Um, some of us have <laughs> some of us have already let it down. Uh, My hair has let me down. <laughs> so... People today, can yeah, actually today, see that joke now. Yeah. We are we're spinning the wheel of tangents, and if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time that uh, that we've spun the wheel of tangents as kind of the core legendarium group. Yeah, is this right? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, so yeah, we're going to be going through Ken and Todd. You're going to be our spinners. Uh, Ryan, you're gonna you're gonna sit there. Yep. While I run what I do best, the tech. <laughs> So, so it should be fun. Uh, before we actually start spinning the wheel, I should explain. Well, I'll I'll explain what the wheel is in just a moment. Um, but I should also tell people to go to thelegendarium.com, go mm-hmm. check out previous episodes if you want to search things by author, listen to some of the older stuff that we've done. Um, and you also have links there to our Discord server. There is a permanent link. Uh, the Discord server is free to join. It's open for everybody. Uh, all that we ask is when you do join, just uh, you know, be wary of spoilers, be kind, um, and don't get political. And you know, do those things and keep it a really, really fun place. It's a it's a wonderful space. So come hang out on Discord and also go to uh, what's that thing called? Patreon.com/slash/legendarium, <laughs> which is where you can go support the show. Uh, more on Patreon at the end of the show. I'll save what I have to say about Patreon for those who actually, you know, stick around till the end of the show. So I'll I'll have more to say about that a little bit later. Uh, But today, the Wheel of Tangents. So the Wheel of Tangents, if you're new to the show or newish to the the show, this is something that we have done quite a bit in the past, uh, but gotten away from it in the last few months. You know, life... uh, Found a, a way. Found yeah. a way to get us <laughs> off of the wheel of tangents. So, did you listen to our Jurassic Park episode? No, no, no. 
That's yeah, okay. Sucker. I don't think we said it then, but it was <laughs> said there a lot. Did we say it a lot? Recaps find a way. Oh, there you're right. All yeah. right. Uh, anyway, so the Wheel of Tangents is... Uh, Ken, why don't you hold the wheel up for us so that those watching on YouTube can actually see it. Uh, the Wheel of Tangents is a delightfully repurposed uh, Lazy Susan from Ikea. Um, and we've got 16... Um, uh, 16 prompts that we can go through and we're, we're going to get through as many of them as we can so random what i need you to do todd is underneath that lazy susan you'll see a uh, bottle opener um you're going to flip that heads is the side with the writing on it tails is the side without it heads is one through eight tails is uh, nine through 16 okay so um so we're we're going to spin the wheel many of these questions we came up with ourselves uh many of them i actually pulled from discord from like a year or more ago. Wow. Uh, so there are some deep cuts from people who have been waiting for a long time to get their questions <laughs> answered. Uh, so and and hey, maybe we won't even get to them. Wouldn't that be fun? All right, so Todd, I want you to flip first. Go for it. Let's see what we All right, it's heads. Now spin. Okay, we're spinning the wheel and it comes up on number 2. Question number 2. Uh all right, you'd think I'd be ready for this. All right, number two, a movie that would make a good amusement park ride. A movie... Oh, we talked about this one. That yeah, would we make did. a good amusement park ride. Um, I'm happy to go first, but I don't think you guys want me to. So what? who wants this one first? Well, I, I think I think the clear answer is the uh, the Dune Sandworm ride. Okay. What, is this is this just like a roller coaster? Yeah, um, a roller coaster, maybe a trackless roller coaster. I don't know how you can since we're since we're hypothesizing anyway. Why don't we just throw out technology that doesn't exist, like the trackless roller coaster? You know, for example. But yeah, you you get on your sandworm and you go through the desert. You know, as it were, and it's designed and it to be, blow sand in your face sure, for the next you know, fifteen minutes. Why not? It could be a, a hyper real. I mean, you've got. You've got heat blowing at you and sand abrading your face and cinnamon blowing in the air the entire time. Absolutely. It would be a blast. I think I'm on board. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, do you have any answer for this one? The problem I have is that I keep looking at ones and like, you know, that would, nope, already a ride. Dang it. Uh, (laughs) Already an experience. Dang it. I was like, because my my initial thought was, okay, well, what about uh, Tron? Yep. That was my first thought too. Tron, Tron could be a... You could have, if I did it as a full experience, not just a single amusement park ride, Yeah, Tron has a lot of potential in it. Uh, it there is a light cycle ride roller coaster uh, mm. that's currently in uh, Shanghai. 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 And coming to Orlando. And coming to Orlando. So, but, Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Todd, did you, did you get your say? No, I did not. Do you and want- mine, yes, I want to. Okay. Mine, but it would be an old movie. Uh, it would be Force 10 from Navarone. Okay. You would have to go. You would. You would have to go onto a, a B twenty nine. You would have to fly through flak and anti aircraft, and then you would have to parachute safely. Oh yeah, this could be. This could be something that really, really worth doing. That could be something. I, I can hear every lawyer in the crowd going, "No, no, that can't. That's not a no." <laughs> oh boy, the insurance on that. Oh. Yeah. Um, no. Okay. So and the barf bags. My my response to that is. Uh, is none i i don't like themed rides very much oh generally speaking there are exceptions to that but most of the time it's like the light cycle ride you know at wherever it's yeah no it's a roller coaster just it's a roller coaster it is it's it's not a light cycle thing you know what i Mm -hmm. i I just i kind of have this thing where i'm like if you're gonna do it 
do it right. And we don't have light cycles. That's not a thing, right? And so mm-hmm. just build me a roller coaster. I love roller coasters, whatever. Like I said, there are exceptions to that. Uh, the Indiana Jones ride is fun. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Back in the day at Universal uh, Hollywood, they had uh, Waterworld, terrible movie, pretty fun little show that they had. Yeah. Right. It, it was a show, not so much a ride. You know, it's an experience like you guys are they, talking about. They still have it. Oh, d- is it still mm-hmm. going? Still going. Okay. Well, if, you know, pre Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, yeah. Um, and then the other one that they had uh, that I enjoyed was Backdraft. That one was uh, awesome. Ooh, that would be where cool. It was, again, it was like, uh, as a movie, now it's not very good. But as an experience, it was great as a kid to, you know, you're sitting 85 feet away from this spurt of flame and the heat just but you're still feeling blows it. you away. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there, like I said, there are a couple exceptions. But, like, when I think about my favorite movies or books or whatever, um, and then I think about it being turned into a ride, it just seems so lackluster and so i, I, I none n a not applicable all right. okay okay you so, can't go on my sandworm ride i didn't ask wait I definitely <laughs> did not was... ask to ride your sandworm ken um it, it didn't work on my girlfriend in college either okay oh, sure it didn't <laughs> all right ken uh, no todd todd flip the oh. flip the bottle opener yep let's see what we got if all right tails a... ken spin spherical or round object that had two sides that could be flipped. <laughs> two. Right. Two on the B side. Two. Two on the B side. That's number 10. Uh, you have to convert a book series into a sitcom. Uh, what series are you choosing? Who came up with this? Whose was this? I did. That was, <laughs> that was good. You didn't even tell us. <laughs> just wrote it in. I think there's two in there that I just wrote in. Like, let's see how they handle this. Uh, a Christmas. book series oh. into a sitcom? Uh, so, oh, I got oh an gosh. answer for this, but y- you go first. If you yeah, have an Ryan, answer, Ryan, this is your question. You go you know first. What? Yeah, you're. This is all you. A book series into a sitcom. Uh, you could easily do a bunch of. We've talked about you know, like buddy cop shows, spinoffs, mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. like that of characters in Mistborn or any of you know things like that. Uh, I don't know, but. I didn't even come up with a good answer to my own question. How dare you? <laughs> I, I already have a good answer to your question. Okay. It's a single book, actually. Um, I think I think there were more books later, but in this case, it's a single book. It's the book that we read with Veronica Roth. Do you recall? Oh, yes. Uh Dark Lord of Durkholm. Correct. Yes. That yeah. was great. That would be a good sitcom. Uh so for those who haven't uh read the book, you should uh, go read the book. And go listen to the episode. It was probably, what, 50, 75 episodes ago, yeah. something like that. Look, search Dark, Dark Lord of Dirk Dark Holm. Lord, yeah. If you, if you search Dark Lord of Dirk Holm podcast on Google. We're the number one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> somehow, somehow we nabbed the number one result on if that only one. we can get Alta Vista next. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, that's my pick. I think that would be hilarious. It's kind that of already built that way a little bit uh, with the, the goofy characters and the yeah. insane plot. Um, so there you go. Anybody else? Does it have to be the sitcom just in general? So it doesn't have to follow a particular, doesn't have to be the Disney one where Don't we're going to learn a morality yeah, or anything thinking. like that. Stop, stop, stop. Uh, uh, Butchers, Dresden Files. They tried to make it into a drama series that didn't work so well, but I think as a comedy series, it would work really well. Okay. So uh, would this be in the mold of like a supernatural or something where it's like, there is some drama, there's some adventure, but it's funny. It's like I was thinking more to be like Friends, where there's some drama, there's some comedy, but you know, 
they follow this through for long periods of time. It's a long play about the relationships and it's all of the things that are not happening in the books, but are happening outside of the books. So yes. we're seeing, we never see him go out on an adventure. It's always when yeah. he comes home and takes off the duster and walks in and it's like, all right, it, it's, it's the, it's when he's playing D and D with the, with the alphas. It's when he's having arguments with, uh, with, uh, uh, some of the different characters. When he when he and Butters are doing their training stuff. Oh yeah, Mister Mister scratched up the cat or the the couch again. Uh, <laughs> Mister, the the thing that prompted this question is actually uh, I just watched Modoc. It hit Hulu. Oh okay. okay okay. And it was a they took a character and turned it into kind of a comedy piece and it turned him into a really punchline. good really good. I enjoyed it. So okay. Well, Modoc we... was a ridiculous character in the comic books anyway. Oh yeah. So oh yeah. Shall we spin again? Spin, spin, spin. Yeah. Okay. You didn't have anything, Ken? All right. Ken, Ken did you want to go? Well, did I was you gonna, have one? I was going to say the one I would love to see them try is the Night Angel trilogy. Uh, oh. I don't know how they could do it, but I would love to see them try. But that did lead to a more serious answer. I think the Lies of Locke Lamora could be mined as comedic. I mean, uh, there's plenty of misadventure I mean, and stuff in that. It's definitely it's could be funny, funny-ish. Uh, it's not, it's not, plenty of, that's not very sitcom funny, though. Plenty, yeah, I guess that's that's true. I, I mean, know. no laugh track underneath it necessarily, but it could be mine for laughs. <laughs> so would this I be feel. like the the lies of Locke Lamora, and it's it's got um, the interviews like on The Office or Modern Family. Or oh, something. that would be good. Yeah, uh, the the documentary <laughs> version, <laughs> something like that. Jean talking about okay. I didn't really want to hit oh. him in the head, but <laughs> he really didn't leave me much choice. I, I, I could actually see uh, Locke Lamora being filmed uh, or be, you know being made as kind of a like an Ocean's Eleven type thing where you've got the voiceover explaining how we're going to pull oh, off the job. Yeah, yeah, oh, there yeah, we go. Yeah, like that's plenty funny. It's not very. It's not a sitcom. Or more but like yeah. you know something the, like that. The Dukes of Hazard. I don't know. <laughs> okay, let's spin again. All right, here we go. What do we Heads? got? Tails? Heads. Heads. Okay, somebody Words spin up. now. I spent last Ken, time. Ken, you got one job. I spun last time. All right. Five. Uh, Heads, five. I think we already did that one. Did we? Uh, no, it's no, not. Um, amusement park food you like. Is this another Ryan original? It's what be is a Ryan. this? You were throwing out amusement park stuff, so I was like, <laughs> here's a quick one we can burn really quick. I like churros. We're done. Move <laughs> 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 uh, Dole it, man. Has anyone has anyone ever braved the uh, deep fried butter? Now, no. Now, my heart still beats. So no. To to be clear, uh, we have a lot of listeners outside of the great United States of America, <laughs> so this might shock people. Uh, but yes, there is a thing at fairs. You know, county fairs, state fairs. Uh, which okay, so maybe we should explain what a fair is for these people. How do you, how do you explain a state fair? I think they know what fairs are. Every, okay, fine. Everybody has a, a but it's amusement a fair. park. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's a it's a, yeah. It's, it's a rolling amusement park with carnies, creepy, whatever. It, it's a whole thing. And games you can't win. You know? yeah. 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 So Gypsies. anyway, but yeah, they deep fry butter. I have never brought myself. It, it's literally you get a stick, an eight ounce stick of butter that is by itself eight. Hundred calories, um, of all of them, all, almost pure saturated fat. Yep, uh, and then they they put it in some batter, they deep fry it, they give it to you. I I've, I've never touched it. I'm never going to. Um, no. I'm I'm more of an elephant ear kind of guy. The uh, the scones. Okay. Or you know, in America we call them scones. Uh, fry bread, whatever. Uh, so 
No. Anybody uh, else? Deep fried Oreos I have had. And that sounds good for precisely one deep fried Oreo. Or so maybe I had, a half of one. So I had two and one and a half was where I drew the line. I it was it was delightful as long as it was still warm. And as soon as it started to cool, it was really, really, really not worth eating. Okay. All but, right. uh, but I did like it for that one and a half. Ken, don't let me skip you again. Give me, give me good old tried and true Dole Whip, man. Although they, Disney has started to offer the option to swirl your Dole Whip with vanilla ice cream. And that was life-changing. Mm. Pineapple, pineapple sherbet swirled with vanilla ice cream. That's, that sounds pretty good. That's the way to do it. I have to admit, though, uh, you can't go wrong with popcorn. And if you can get popcorn with a refill that's really, really cheap, then I'm a happy camper for the entire trip. Well, I'm with Ryan. We should have all just said churros and left it. All right, let's spin again. <laughs> that, took, that took approximately two minutes longer than it yeah, should exactly. have. Exactly. Exactly. Ryan, I judge you for that question. You should. Four. All right. Four. Four on the B side. I'm not uh, sure that went all the way around one time. Sh- I thought this was... I thought this was nobody okay. saw Price is right. If you rules. don't say it, nobody saw it. All right. You are allowed to keep one fantasy item or weapon. What do you choose? And if anybody says lightsaber, it's just it doesn't count. That's too cool. Okay. So. All right. Well, you can skip me. <laughs> yeah, I was already have like seven thing. of them. Nine, uh, but yes. You have nine lightsaber. You have nine. Nine that you own. You can't count the ones yeah. that you're that Emmett owns. No, they're. If we counted all of these things that are lightsaber in my house, like including the plastic, but like no legitimate metal casing, everything there, I think I believe I'm at nine on my collection. Really? Yeah. I am we have falling behind. Like 16, 17 in the house if you include the plastics. But anyway, I, I don't know if you ever knew this, but uh, you're a weird, dude. <laughs> I'm guilty. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm I'm good with myself. <laughs> we only we it's, only have ten, and that was after we bought you four have on 10? this ten. Metal casing. Oh like, no no no! Metal okay. counting, counting the plastics. Counting the. And the, I'm picking up okay. four more at the end of the year. Okay, I hate you. You need help. You need help. No, I no, I no. you do need help. I I'll don't. come with you. <laughs> you um, know what? Uh, on that note, please, nobody contribute to Patreon. We don't deserve it. <laughs> we apparently, uh, as a group, we don't know how to manage our money. Uh, please do not go to Patreon.com/slash/Legendarium and support the show. <laughs> okay. So so lightsabers are out. We have to pick something else. Be any fantasy object, anything magic. You guys are saying some tool you wanted to, to carry around with you, whatever. Okay. And Ken already said his was the lasso of truth, so he's stuck with that answer. Oh no, that's Nobody not a bad that. answer. That's I. That that would be pretty all the sweet. things. Mm-hmm. All the things that were done with the lasso of truth. I mean, not just because Aquaman sits on it and then has to tell his feelings. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> that that has with been the Zack Snyder memory cut, hole. Done. Thank you very much, Todd. Okay, okay. Uh, it'd be a Christ knife from Dune. What, tooth, what's that? The tooth of a sandworm that is then, uh, after the sandworm has died, has been broken off and made into a knife for the Fremen to carry. It is naturally poisoned, and just a scratch will kill you. Okay, wow. Uh, so Todd's going dark. Uh, so Ryan, besides a lightsaber, you got anything for me? There's a lot of things I was going through. I'd love a portal gun. I think that would be pretty awesome to be able to just kind of set up portals. And, <laughs> that would be fun. Would, instantaneous travel would be great. Thought about Thor's hammer. If as long as I could pick it up, I guess. Kind of sucks to get a paperweight. 
Uh, Especially I, because once it's there, it's there. It's there. Yeah. Get so, the paper up from underneath it. That's yeah. going to be a trick. Ryan, Ryan is on the right track. He just went with the wrong Avenger. Got to go Iron Man suit. That would be good. That would be good. I, I will. I will take my Iron Man suit and and blast you and your lightsaber away from afar. So <laughs> there you go. All right, let's spin again. All right, what do we got? What number is coming up? Uh, this is this is the exciting radio part where we got heads. Nope, we did, oh, that, we one. did that one. Um, let's see, what are we at? We're at like twenty minutes. Okay, number three, three. Number three. on the A side. Number three on the B side. A side. A side. Okay, number three, a book series. <laughs> book series you've been avoiding as a podcast. Okay. Okay. So not this necessarily. Sh- this um, should elicit some response. Oh yeah, we'll get some. Yeah, and the thing is, it could be for any reason. You know. Uh, so I'll give you one. I actually popped in. I said hello to the green team before they started recording their episode today. Um, and, uh, you know, we we're talking a little bit about Malazan. Yeah. I am sure that Malazan is great and it's wonderful and it's all the things, but I am. <laughs> Ryan, what was that? My head slightly turned from one side to the other <laughs> in, in questioning disbelief. Uh, no, it's, I, I, I guess I'm sure that it's. It's not so popular for no reason, but yes. I've been avoiding it for the purely spiteful reason that everybody in the world is trying to get us to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know quite what it's not like. I the problem with Malazan and us reading it on the show is that, and the reason I've kind of dug my heels in a little bit. I really should, you know, let go of that and maybe get into Malazan, but. Um, People started bugging us about that when we were on like book 10 or so of the Wheel of Time. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, okay, you guys need to start when you're done with this, get to Malazan. And the the passion is appreciated and all that. But I was already like, I'm on book 10 of the Wheel of Time. Like the last thing I want is another giant 10 book series of doorstoppers. Um, and so we got done with the Wheel of Time and I'm like, I need a break from this sort of thing. And, um, and you anyway, still need a break. So wait, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of where that started, and now it's it's just one of those like kind of stupid. Um, I'm too prideful to let go. The contrarian moment, you know? like we were talking about earlier. Yeah, yep. yeah. Anyway, so what about you guys? There are several uh, I've thought about that fit, you know, in our wheelhouse, especially on on blue team like foundation, like foundation. Yep. Which is just, I mean, that's only like three books or and four books, and it's and it's not that neither of us don't like it it's not that anybody else in the group doesn't like it it's that it's it's one of the and it's a foundation foundation it's a foundation piece in the science fiction community but there is so much going on and so much new stuff going on that it just is one of those where we say oh well you know there's this new one coming out you know we we we're looking at red rising or foundation oh we took red rising yeah it perpetually gets pushed to the side it's like okay it's time to do foundation oh but let's do this instead if in fact okay and then we'll do foundation oh but this came out we were talking about it for this year and then we said and then we started doing my but let's do yeah let's do jurassic park really quick oh and now we're gonna do timeline timeline. and now yeah it's it's one of those deals where we just we never we never pull the trigger on it. Timeline is so good. Yeah. Having, such a, a, good having a blast reading through that. It's been great so far. Yeah. The other one in a similar vein to Malazan is I think uh, Laurel Hamilton's Anita Blake series. You know, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, a, it's a woman author, which we haven't intentionally enough, shied yeah. away from, but we haven't done enough. Vampire, Anita Blake, Vampire Hunter, you know, yeah. but it's like 22 books long and we just came off a of butcher. I mean, and, ugh. and. 
spending a year getting caught up on all of the butcher books so that we were caught up the day that he released the most recent one yeah was fun and but it exhausting. was also but it also was very yeah, exhausting it's a, it's a yeah. lot yep, yep. um it, it's one thing yeah people I, I people can probably understand this it's one thing to read a book or read 20 books it's another thing to read 20 books and take notes and prep for the show and you know try to like have the good conversation well, about and, it and all that stuff. And to find so. something fresh about the next book that you haven't said about the last five yeah. books, you yeah. know. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. Anyway, Ryan, any thoughts on this one? The Bible. <laughs> <laughs> all 66 books on it. <laughs> well, thanks for coming to the Legendarian Podcast. That's twice he shut this down now. <laughs> I'm taking it very seriously. (laughs) Uh, Fantasy series I've been avoiding. Song of Ice and Fire. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll get to it eventually. That one, that one, and uh, Harry Potter are ones that, like, by Mm. all rights, we should have done these by now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think Song of Ice and Fire. Actually, in both of those cases, those ones, in my mind, I've avoided them in large part just because, um, the market is pretty saturated. Mm-hmm. Like if you want a a Song of Ice and Fire podcast or a Harry Potter podcast, go swim in the pool of them. There, you know, there's so many of them out there, and so it's like, okay, so what would we add to the conversation? But you know, not much. What do we ever add to the conversation? I guess is a, a relevant question here. But uh, I don't know. So why, in your mind, why have we avoided that one? Why have we avoided it? Uh, again, it's a larger book series. Whatever uh, we've talked about the saturation, but. The other thing is it's not finished. Uh, it's sitting right on the edge of being finished. And uh, that's not a requirement for us to read something, but I think we'd be better suited to fin- to reading it once it, the literary end of it is finished. Yeah. Well, um, and not, not necessarily even finished, but at least give us, you know, an indicator that it will ever be finished. Yeah. I, I'm not really, I, I've kind of gotten to the point I don't care if he finishes it or not, because I'm not invested in it the same right, way other people yeah, are. I have no investment. And I'm not going to go after an author and be like, you owe me this book. Oh, I, no, no, we no. don't. Absolutely but not. But that's, I understand the frustration. And when it, when the, when he finishes the series, uh, it will push me probably to, to actually putting it in reading it. Cause I've, I've got the audio book. I've got a ebook version of it. I just have yeah. never done it. I'm almost <laughs> to the point where I think it might never, ever be finished. And I would be content to do it. I haven't read the fifth one, but I've read the first four. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. There you go. All right, let's spin again. Shall we? Flip and spin. Flip and spin. spin. That sounds wrong. Like swish and flick. Okay. Number Number eight. eight. Number eight. 16. Number 16. What? No, it's not. Oh, it is. I'm sorry. So it's eight. Uh, Okay. So what what fictional character would you take to Vegas with you? (laughs) I take this one first. Vegas, baby. (laughs) All right, Ryan. There is only one answer to this question. And that is Matt Calthon. Matt Cawthon. Oh, okay. Matt Cawthon. Yeah. Cawthon. Cawthon? Cawthon. Sorry, my mouth got a little rounded. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, Matt from Wheel of Time. Matt. There is no other answer. If you're going to go into a game of chance, there is nobody you want to take in there better okay. than Matt. There you go. I mean, that kind of, now that you put it that way, it shuts down every well, other possible answer here. Gee, so. now the that was a waste. Although earlier I did say I'd take Wayne. From uh, there are people you could have fun with in Vegas, but if you want to win, there's only one person to take. He's kind of lucky too. I mean, but I would take. Uh, well, Matt is more lucky than I mean. If we're gonna, 
But here's the yeah. thing, Ryan. Okay. Ryan would take Matt Cawthon from book twelve, <laughs> the the version of Matt that everybody hates. <laughs> sure, because they say that Sanderson screwed him up. Right. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> Just messing. Up. I All was right. going to say Qui Gon Jinn because uh, obviously, whenever there's a chance cube involved, he's going to do whatever it takes to make sure that chance cube comes out correctly uh, he's gonna tell the blackjack dealer that credits will do fine credits will be just fine <laughs> and if you take qui-gon jinn you have to take obi-wan kenobi so when somebody comes up and says you want to buy some death sticks he says you don't want to sell me death sticks i don't want to sell you death sticks I, are we, are we approvingly and... quoting uh movie number two attack of the clones is that what's happening right now yes yes okay. and well, the Phantom Menace. Yeah, the first yeah. one was from the Phantom Menace. Well, Qui-Gon Jinn was the best character to come out of any of the expanded stuff, and it's not even disputable. I, and it's, I, it's what? very much can dispute yeah. that. You know, he was the best. <laughs> and it's sad that he only lasted one movie. It was, it was fun to hear Ken try to like really assert something. No. It, it's so he was the, poorly. He was the coolest. He was the best. Uh, okay, anyway, so... Uh, I, Sorry, Ryan, were you going to say something else? Nope, nope. You know, just let it go. Just going to let it go. Uh, do I, I? I'm not even sure I have an answer to this. Um, who would I take to Vegas? You know who I might take to Vegas is uh, um, maybe like a dragon where like nobody's going to mess with me. It's like, no, I did win that hand. You know, <laughs> you like says Strabo the dragon from, from uh, you know, Terry Brooks series or like... What what's that? The Aragon books? Well, I don't care. Just give me a dragon. You I don't care Smaug which dragon. ripping up the MGM yeah, brand. Yeah, give me give me Smaug. Yeah, he'd be great. So, see, that's one where it's appropriate to round that. You know, Smaug. Oh, okay. Smaug. Calthon. Smoog. Let's all right. We're flipping again. Flip and spin. Flip and spin. Heads number two. We, we already done. did number two. What are Six. we on? Six. Yeah. Uh, okay character from a book you'd like to play in a D&D adventure Dungeons and Dragons yeah you get to bring so wait are you are you bringing a character on this journey with you or are you that character you're playing as that character in a D&D campaign I think either or it would be appropriate for this particular question okay and I know who I would take and who's that I would take wax okay because all of the things that we can do with metal objects and the way that he does it from a distance and the way that he is able to, because of the kind of character that he is, he's my guy. Okay. We said this is a book series character. Yeah. What was this? Oh, D&D campaign. Yeah. Any fictional, fictional character. character. Yeah. Okay. What do you, do you have anybody? No, I was just thinking like, well, if you're taking wax, why don't you just take Magneto if you're all about some <laughs> metal bending thing, whatever. Like. <laughs> because Magneto is like, He's he's a megalomaniacal crazy person. I mean, that's not whack. Yeah, that's what okay. the propagandists want you to believe. Okay, Todd. thank okay. you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> mutant uh, rights, mutant rights. Anybody, anybody else that we've got that I'm, we can think of? I've, my, my problem isn't like like that I have a single character that I really want to take this one character. It's just like I can picture any character in that scenario type thing. Like, yeah, great. I'll take Kaladin and his level 37 brooding. Like, I'm solid with that. Like, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'll play that. That's fine. <laughs> my my character uh, my character sits solemnly. Oh, you think so? Roll for initiative. Okay. <laughs> see what you can come up with. Do you, you rolled a two? Okay, you got it. Crit- critical fail. You, you sit there and cry. Yeah. The, the the best part, of course, about playing any of these characters in a D&D ad- adventure is that when we're reading the books, the, the author has written them so that everything goes right. 
But if you've played D&D, you know that ones and twos happen a whole lot more frequently than the 20s and 22s that we that we wind up seeing these characters <laughs> wind up getting in there in, in the book adventures. I seem to remember I seem to remember Clark rolling a one and impaling himself on an adventure that we took. Yeah, so that was pretty good. Let's, <laughs> let's be fair. <laughs> just because we could take them doesn't mean that it would work out very well for any of them. Uh, yeah. I, I would probably take Boromir. Uh, okay. This is something that we don't we don't see as much in the movies. We see it in like one scene in the movies. Uh, but Boromir, total badass. Yeah, yeah. Um, super yeah. hardy. He would roll very high. You know, he'd have all the pluses. <laughs> uh, you know, up on down the line. Human fighter. Um, so he'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd take Boromir with me. There you go. All right, flip and spin. Flip and spin. Ken didn't I, get his. I, I got I got too many. I mean, I like the ranger characters. That's good enough for me. Stop rolling. Stop doing heads, Todd. I know, I okay, know. what? Are we, it's six. We just did that one. Seven. 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 Wow. There Whoa. We go. Okay. All right. Go wow. Color me surprised. Okay. Number seven. Uh, you have to start dressing like a character from a series <laughs> you've read. Okay. So this is mine. I came up with this one. I'm not proud of it, uh, but I did it. it this is. A, it's today. You're grocery shopping. You're going to church. You're you know whatever it is that you do on a daily basis. But you ha- your wardrobe now consists of the wardrobe of any character or people from a series that we have covered. So, what do you got, Ryan? You, oh, that we've covered? Like it's- yeah, yeah, something we've covered. I, you could go outside of it, but yeah, figure. Uh, there's plenty that are, you'd get some odd glances, but I already get that anyway. So, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I would probably do Mistborn Era 2 is basically just western i'd be a cowboy walking around like, right i should have gone Simple. first because i wanted to dress like wax i mean it's like, you can do that personally i would not dress like that i i would love to be the ridiculous person wearing you know the crazy mage outfit from the shannara series or anything like that right right you know i i would wear shard plate around so so my answer is this is pretty easy honestly um I'd be a hobbit because then yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't even have to change when I do my Professor Craig videos I'd already have the waistcoat with the brass buttons you and wouldn't the, have you know, to worry pipe. about shoes uh, yeah exactly so yeah I mean hobbit you're basically a late 19th century English you know landed gentleman right Seems or 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 pauper depending on which direction you're looking at because late 19th century English poppers dressed about the same as well. Uh, I would go either. What? Okay, oh, yeah. go on. Waistcoats and no shoes. There you go. Um, <laughs> I would I would be, I would either take Adolin's wardrobe uh, because it just sounds so much fun or my Jedi robes and I'm on my way. I thought he was going to say or Shalon's wardrobe. <laughs> Obviously, you know me far less than you think. You keep that safe <laughs> oh, hand you know covered, be, young man. If sorry, Cosmere wise, it'd be cool if you could take uh, clothing from uh, Warbreaker. That's been like oh yeah, like that. yeah. Cool. There you go. Okay, until it choked you to death. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we have we've already flipped and it's tails. All right, so what do, what do we got next, Ken? Uh, one. No- Number two. I got two. We did two already. We did two. Okay. Number one. (laughs) You are given full creative license to write and direct a Star Wars film or series. Pitch what you would like to see. Is this another Ryan original? This is my other one. Uh, Okay. So Ryan Ryan has to go first. Exactly. Yeah, there we go. 
You smelt it, you dealt it. Okay. Uh, I would. I want to follow more into the uh, either going back into the High Republic era and start uh, doing some of that into video stuff or jump it way down the line the other direction and see what Force users look like a thousand years after this has happened. Hmm. That could be fun. Okay. But yes, it's going to be Force user based. I'm not just going to go Bounty Hunter. I'm not going to do that. Force user based. Okay. I would just want to modify. Else? I'd want to modify the original prequel trilogy, consolidate it, make episode one about twenty minutes long, and make episodes two and three. You have three. a chance to do anything you want, and you just want to refix. You just want to fix. I just want to fix George Lucas's mistakes. No, 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 no. Um, if I if I had to create something, I would love to see. I would love to see a squadron based movie. I know that we they had talked once upon a time about making like a Rogue Squadron movie. You know, in the works. Yeah, Patty Jenkins is directing. Yeah, and I would I, I would love to do something like that. I don't know what vision she has, but I think that would be a blast to do. You know, fighter jocks in space. So jocks we'll, we'll in see. Space. We'll see if she makes my vision come true. Okay. I um, want to follow yeah. Kanan from the time that Order sixty six occurred to the time that he meets Hera. That'd be cool. And be follow cool. that. And follow that as a limited series, and then maybe get the opportunity to do the same kind of thing, but with other characters along the way. See what, see what makes them develop. Cool. Dave uh-huh. Filoni, if you're listening, Kevin Feige. <laughs> you're available. Uh, I, I just want a just creative consultant. That's all I want. You guys do all the, all the tough stuff. Let me, let me just be on set. Um, uh, if, uh, I, I don't know the extended, the, the, the canon as well now as I did when I was a teenager, right? So I'm struggling to kind of come up with anything interesting um i can we can this isn't like a a ken fixing the the prequel trilogy but if i can like supersede the sequel trilogy and just do the the timothy's on books um adapt those into a a seven eight nine trilogy um i i i think they'd be really good okay so, yeah, there you go. That's the best I got. Sorry. It's not yeah. very good. It's not a great answer. All right. What else we got? Oh, it's Tails again. Wow. Okay. Wow. All right. Uh, number three. three. Man, we're not getting to any of the listener ones. You guys suck at spinning. Hold up. Hold up. Uh, hey. Oh, eight. number eight. There what? we go. Okay. Kiptan once asked. <laughs> once upon a time. <laughs> once upon a time. <laughs> Kiptan asked us uh, uh, to talk about the importance of and the use of distance in science fiction and fantasy. Uh, what does the speed of travel mean in world building? From instantaneous portals to warp speed to horses, what does each method do for the people in the world with them? I love this question. Um, I included this one for a reason. Uh, not because I have a great answer for it, but it's one of those things where um, like a, a new author will run into this problem all the time, right? They, they spend all this time building this giant world and it you know it spans two continents and it's uh, this and that but then it's like oh crap my characters are on opposite sides of a continent they can't just interact you know in one chapter and then be somewhere else in the other chapter you know like how do you how do you fix this and uh yeah i don't know in fantasy it's portals right so rand opens up a portal or whatever you know uh in science fiction it's faster than light travel um, I don't know, Todd. You, I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts on this one. Do you want to? Do you want to start 
off on this? I do, and I'll try and not make it the E11 Blaster recap from seven years ago. Yeah. Um, there's there. I have, I have two thoughts. One of them's fantasy based, and one of them's uh, one of them's uh, Sci-fi? science fiction based. But they they really accomplish the same thing. In the Belgariad, we follow uh, our our party as they traverse the entire world. And they point out the things that are that they are seeing as they go. So it gives a chance for the author to really give us a, a full description of the world. Uh, but it also gives us an opportunity for the characters to have conversations to fill those in and to help us understand not only who those characters are, where they've come from, but also how they interact with different areas. So that's one way where time and distance, especially traveling in a manner that is not necessarily instantaneous from one spot to another but they he spend the time and uh, and illustrate the fact in fact i think uh at the end of uh the second belgariad uh or the second of the tr- series uh from the belgarian uh, from belgariad era they were in uh winter for an entire year and they talked about how hard it was to have been in this kind of a situation. So it gave an opportunity to explore lots of different themes. In sci-fi, uh, we saw The Expanse. We did The Expanse recently where we saw them talk about the fact that it would take weeks or months to get from place to place. And these characters then had to deal with each other in very mundane kinds of situations. But it gave us an opportunity to see how characters could change over that period of time without necessarily having it be all of a sudden out of the middle of nowhere. No, they've spent, they spent weeks trying to deal with some of the problems and issues. And then they finally get to it uh, when we see it and, and they, and they illustrate the time. Uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by it and I love it. And it's really, really fun when we don't use the trope of faster than light travel or immediate transportation, right. use the time. It's fun. So, so let me go back to the wheel of time. And I, I this isn't, we're not getting into spoilers. It's not a spoiler to say that, you know, magic is used in the wheel of time. Um, but, and I'll, I'll keep this vague because Todd hasn't read it yet. So, you know, no, nope, but I'm going to 2024, 2024. Yeah. <laughs> That's adorable. Uh, okay. So in the wheel of time, in the first, in the first book, it's, we've got to hoof it everywhere. Right. Yeah. Uh, we got to go from here to, to, to Camelin and then over to the Blight, whatever. It, you know, there's there's a lot of walking. And that's uh, book one comprises a lot of that. And it's kind of exactly what Todd just talked about. It gives us a chance to see these different places and really kind of like uh, to get the dirt under our toes, uh, you know, in this world, right? And then in book two, they discover a little piece of magic and it's the, the portal stone. Is that what it's called, Ryan? Yeah. Um, Close enough. What is it? I don't remember. I'm just saying it's close enough. Okay. All right. Plus, plus they and find the ways. The ways and, yeah. and the portal stones. So there are these these things that they can do to kind of uh, to get places a little quicker. Now that we've seen this, uh, you know, we've, we've been on this road. We don't need to do that again. So he invents this piece of magic for them to rediscover and, uh, and you know, get there a little quicker. Um, but then, you know, it doesn't work all the time. And so they are still doing a lot of walking in books two and three and in book four. And eventually they discover instantaneous travel once we've seen all this huge world we've already walked mm-hmm. all over it we've yep. sailed we've walked we've you know done river boats and all this stuff and then he's finally just like all right <laughs> we can't spend the entire series walking everywhere so he invents another piece of magic to help them get quickly there anyway and so it was uh, it's a fun little way for robert jordan to you know to get your feet dusty 
and then not make you go through that for all 15 books. Yeah, by that. Right. Yeah. So anyway, anybody else have any other thoughts on this subject? I think it also inspires one of the things that inspired multiple POV books and stuff like that, where you have a whole chapter devoted to one character like Rand, and then you have another chapter devoted to Matt, where they can be in separate areas. And while you're over here with character A, character B and his party can be traveling where, so you don't have to spend several chapters with them as they travel. You can be over here with this character who's doing stuff while that travel while, while that party travels, sure. then you can get to characters as they are doing things rather than wasting time. I'm not necessarily wasting. I mean, you can use it for whatever, but, but while they're spending time traveling, you can be over here doing something interesting. Yeah. Sure. You know, that sort of thing. Maybe I, I can take this in a little bit different direction um, where it's not about the methods of travel necessarily, but just travel in books, um, period. Uh, you know, going to different destinations and whatnot and, this is something I've been thinking about for some reason. It's not like I reread the books recently or anything, but I've had a couple conversations about Harry Potter um, and uh, how in the first six books, yeah, we, we see different locations. We go to Hogsmeade, obviously, you know, Harry's uncle's house, you know, whatever. There's, there are different locations, but it's Hogwarts. You're in Hogwarts. And, yeah. you know, the adventures take place in and around Hogwarts. Um, and so there's really not much traveling going on. And book seven always fell flat for me in a lot of ways there are things i like about it you know that it's i'm not saying it's bad or whatever but compared to the rest of the series it always fell flat for me uh and one of the things that always drove me crazy was we went from a static series to the last book where they're just going everywhere all the time constant traveling different locales and in a different series that's fine but we spent all this time you know, rooted in one place and learning to love this one place as readers, uh, not just the characters. And then suddenly it's like, oh, why, why am I out on the road? What's going on back at Hogwarts? I want to go back to Hogwarts, yeah. whatever. Anyway, so travel, I guess, is it is it a, a book or a series that should have travel? Consider that before you put it in. Yeah, you know, that's, that's interesting. You, you with, with some series, um, for, with The Expanse, for example, you have to have travel because it's all of space. it's because the all of this is about all of these different locales and the the acceptance that we have that we are limited by certain kinds of assumptions certain kinds of physics uh makes it makes it required so think it through very carefully make sure that you're very clear about it um in other in uh, in another series where it doesn't need to be there that's probably a really good question for an author to ask and for us as readers to be able to say, hmm, I wonder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shall we? Sure. Turn again. We shall. Let's see what we got. <laughs> okay. <laughs> number seven <laughs> or number 15, whatever. All right. This one is from Colonel Rabbit, Colonel Rabbit, who once upon a time asked um, for best combat writers and scenes and why you like them. You guys talk a decent amount about, oh, that was some good punching in whatever but it would be interesting to see favorites and comparisons. So who does the fighting well? Ryan, I, will, I, I haven't heard from you for a while. I will say, sorry, I was distant and traveling during our, that sequence. <laughs> um, one we haven't covered yet, but I have read and I did enjoy, uh, Brian McClellan in the Power oh, Mage yeah. series. Actually, it's a little bit different take, uh, and I it's a different magic system, but it affects the specifically the combat because the magic has been turned to combat 
uh, specifically. And I think it's it's a very interesting and unique way of, of handling it. And I thought he handled it well. Uh, ones that we've done that I've really liked. Also still uh, Brent Weeks, uh, who I think he did a lot of his stuff in Night Angel and Lightbringer. Really well done. The action scenes, yeah. yeah. You know, with the Brian McClellan thing, uh, we haven't read that yet. I haven't read it yet. I actually have... Um, Whatever the trilogy is, I can't even remember. Powder Mage. Powder Mage. I have the Powder Mage trilogy. Two copies of it. Two copies of it. <laughs> Good thing <laughs> I have a video now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, uh, <laughs> what was it? I accidentally held up three fingers for those listening. Uh, I have two copies of it, and I haven't gotten to it yet. But that's that's interesting, and I like that because it, it's very human, this mm-hmm. idea that, okay, so you, you have this thing, technology, whatever, magic maybe, this thing that we come up with, immediately gets weaponized right mm-hmm. there's this whole there's this whole uh thing going on with um with covid and the the wuhan lab did it actually come from the lab and everybody's like oh man china's out there trying to you know kill the, kill, kill the world and it's like no not necessarily but you know in the course of studying viruses somebody is going to be like oh you know what you could weaponize that you know and you can understand like that's that's human nature we just do that all the time it's a running i mean it's a running joke in a lot of media stuff like that it's he's Scientist develops incredible thing. Military says, "Can we put a gun on it?" Right. Like, yeah. And- oh, that's uh, you know, I just recently rewatched uh, Iron Man two, uh, which wasn't as bad as I remembered. It's not great, but it's not as bad as I remembered. Mm-hmm. And that's that was the thing when they built the war machine. It was uh, it, what's his name walked by and said, "Yes, Rhodey, I'll, I'll take Rody. it." Yeah, yeah, Rhodey goes by and says, "Yeah, I'll take it." And he says, "Which one? All of all them." Of them figure out a way to put all these guns on the suit you yeah know? it's a great little scene but that's that's kind of that's that's it right oh we mm-hmm. have magic how can we kill people with it yeah so anyway that's interesting um anybody else i honestly think uh brandon sanderson has done a great job mm-hmm. of I, I i'm trying to think I, I don't really have any examples of his progression through his you know his writing of how he, he's evolved as a as a action writer but i remember that a lot of his action is rooted in his rules for his worlds right which i think makes a fantastic fight possible the reason that there are some i'm not meaning to pick on jk rowling but i'm going to pick on jk rowling a little bit a lot of their fights a lot of the fights in the harry potter world are just you know here's a spell here there's a spell and the magic system is so nebulous that you can kind of just do whatever and and brandon's rules make it so that he has to actually come up with creative and inventive ways for these to happen i'm thinking specifically in the uh, going back to mistborn era too where wax and wayne they have to use creative yeah ideas to use their powers to make their powers work to put them in situations where they can get an upper hand and he, he shows the thought processes along those actions, which sure. I think is is fantastic. Part of part of what makes a good action sequence, in my opinion, is the sense that the protagonist really is in danger of losing. Yeah, you know, and I think that Brandon has shown, at least not in his main characters, but he's shown that some of his secondary characters are not safe so you could lose them and going back to to well staying with era two you can see that there are real stakes involved yeah. in in those so yeah. todd any anyway. thoughts 
I do. Uh, there's there. One of them is an author that we haven't read and probably never will. And the other is an author that we have read. Uh, and they're not about so much the, the person to person combat, but combat on different levels. Jack McKinney, who wrote the Robotech novels, mm-hmm. which are fast reads. And if you saw the, if you saw the anime from the late eighties, uh, early eighties. Early eighties. Yeah, yeah. I, I was in high school. I can't remember. Uh, I wasn't born yet. Wow! <laughs> Thank you so much for the reminder. Sorry, yes, but... if the gray hair wasn't enough of an indication. Oh wait, I still have hair. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, that was rude. No, nope, no, nope, it's okay, Todd. I'll pay for that one later. In so many ways, I'm sure. <laughs> my my hair, what little I have, will still be here when you're long gone. <laughs> At least for 20 extra years. Um, uh, Jack McKinney in the Robotech novels did a magnificent job, in my opinion, of writing the aerial combat that the fighters that the fighter jocks were going through. Um, he talked very much. He was very specific about the kinds of controls, about the things that they had to think about. He was he even went so far as to use uh, descriptions of different kinds of uh, aeronautic uh, aerobatic fighting uh, techniques. Um, and where and and when they would be employed and why they would be employed it was really really well done and very educational I thought if you were interested in being a fighter pilot the other one was uh, uh, Campbell John John Jack. Campbell Jack Campbell Jack Campbell with the uh, with the Lost Fleet series yeah. and all of the all of the space warfare that was going on with these huge fleets flying past each other at relativistic speeds. And they turn all of the controls over to the computers to watch the, the to let the computers fire everything. You're not, you're not firing the cannon yeah. while you're there. You set it up, and then hopefully the computers make it all work because you pass each other that fast. And how much damage happens? That yeah. was that was so cool to read. It was fun, that was, wasn't that it? Was a fun series. Um, Ken, I am not with you on the rolling thing. Was that you that said that? Yeah, or was it, yeah. Uh, I'm not with you on that. I think okay. I, I like the whole the, yeah just throw a spell at him like what would you do if you had if you had a, an infinite gun in your pocket you'd use it right and so of course yeah. they're just flinging spells at each other well so. it's not necessarily the the flinging of the spells but i can respect you know respectfully disagree you know? okay all right fine uh so is it okay just once this episode for me to go to tolkien i've got i've got tolkien so okay if we're, if we're talking about punching fight scenes and whatnot surprise it's taking this long I, I actually I think he does them very well, and what he doesn't do is the blow by blow of some of the people that yes. we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let me just read the end of chapter five uh, in um, in uh, the Return of the King book mm-hmm. four. I want to say I can't remember books five, or sorry, book five or book six. I can't remember. I think it's book five. Um, anyway, so this is when the writers of Rohan appear at Minas Tirith, um, and then they ride down the the forces of Mordor. Um, and so Theoden is leading the charge with his, uh, his Rohirrim. And it says, uh, for morning came morning and a wind from the sea and darkness was removed and the hosts of Mordor wailed and terror took them and they fled and died and the hoofs of wrath rode over them. And then all the host of Rohan burst into song and they sang as they slew for the joy of battle was on them, and the sound of their singing that was fair and terrible came even to the city. That's the end of a chapter, and it is so baller. <laughs> like this guy, it, we we've talked a lot about series that are very zoomed in, very you know uh, character focused or plot focused or whatever. 
Um, and Tolkien was writing an epic and he wrote like it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's something about that where it's, I don't know, it's fiction and it's nice sometimes to kind of to get away from the horror of war and the horror of battle, which are valuable to know about and valuable to read about and all that stuff. But sometimes it's like, uh, you know, good got on its horse and rode over evil, you know, and that's that's kind of awesome, too. Yeah. So I'll buy that. I like the way that he did that. So. Um, all right. Do we we have time for one more uh, if we make it fast? Um, okay. Number six. Uh, so, yeah, whatever. Number 14. <laughs> this is from Cody Lloyd. Okay. This is a good one to end on because it has nothing to do. Well, probably. I guess we'll see. Nothing to do with science fiction or fantasy. Oh. Cody Lloyd asked us, and I, I don't think we ever got to this with Jim Butcher. This was for our Jim Butcher um, episode, mm. I think. Or it might have been Brent Weeks. Um, what is... Where, where did it go? Where did it go? Oh, what would be the most absurd feature of your dream house? The most absurd feature of your dream house. I just saw a TikTok that Kip Tan shared. Uh, I, I don't use TikTok, but when Kip Tan shares something on Discord, I, I go check it out. Um, and it was somebody who had constructed a rolling, uh, a mechanized rolling hobbit door. And so it had kind of that, the swirly metalwork that you'd see, like, you know, kind of that elven metalwork, uh-huh. uh, those patterns or whatever. And it was all on rollers. And so the door would roll into, you know, it, it wouldn't open like on a hinge. It would, it would roll like a, a cave door or something. It would roll a, a away. Like a mechanized pocket inside, door. But in, inside it had the, uh, all that metalwork, that elven metalwork. Uh, and it was on rollers inside. So as the door rolled, the pattern changed and shifted and they wow. had like stained glass in there and wow. it was ridiculous and gaudy and, you know, just horrifyingly me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it was, that would, I would hire whoever that was to come put that in my dream house. Okay. Anybody else got one? I don't really, it's not really anything gaudy or eccentric, but I've always wanted a house that has secret passageways. Mm, nice. Like if I can custom build a mansion, I want secret passageways that I can pop up in other parts of my house. So this be like uh, like servants corridors, yeah. um, kind of like in old British houses? Yeah, but finished in a way that it's not a murder, death, horror film. I, I'm sorry, but you, you can't say secret corridor in my house without it eventually looking like a, a murder hallway, right? Yeah. That that is literally impossible. I guess it's baked into the idea. I just yeah, I just want secret. Hobbits. That's not uh, to say yeah. I don't love the idea. I love the idea. I want secret passages in my rolling door hobbit hole too. So that's yeah. that's the, the that doorway to look like an art piece, but it opens up the secret passages once you say friend. Mm, it's yeah. like the Alexa oh, yeah. setup. Like you say the right word and it pops it open. <laughs> nice. Uh, I love, there's a there's a bookstore in California, a bookshop in California that has a hallway made of books. Oh yeah, you remember there. what I'm yeah, talking it's about? The, the last bookstore. That's what it's called. Yes, yeah, thank I've you. Been there. And uh, it's 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 like a swirling, rounded uh, hallway, and I want that in my house. Uh, you can have that in I your house. Care that I it's need that. Not that tough to do. I don't. I so. I just want somebody to do it for me, and I need a bigger house that has a bigger <laughs> hallway in order to make that happen. But also, I want a uh, perpetual Dole Whip machine. 
and uh, a Diet Coke oh, machine. Gosh. So. Todd? <laughs> so a couple of things that my wife and I have talked about a couple of, uh, on, on some different occasions. One of them was uh, a fireman pole that goes from the top floor down to the bottom floor. Now, does this fireman pole also spin on its uh, on its y-axis? Uh, no. Okay. Right. Mm, I was just wanted, no. wondering what kind of fantasy we're getting into. <laughs> Not at time. all. Not at all. What poles uh, spin on their y-axis? Don't don't encourage him. Don't encourage Bar- him. It's just poles. Okay. Yes, barber poles. Yes, that's, that's what we're going go with. with yeah, barber barber poles. I, I hate to. I know we probably haven't done a lot of pole dancing as a group, but uh, I don't think that they spin on their y-axis. So fireman pole from okay. the top down to the down. So me, the me and Ryan floors. are gonna we're gonna hit up some YouTube after we're done with this episode oh, here. Heaven forbid. <laughs> the other thing that the the other thing that I have that that we've toyed with on a couple of different occasions is making a media room that is built after one of the spaceships that we like. Mm, okay. And so not sure whether it would be the Enterprise D because the chairs are big and comfortable and just just really quite luxurious or if it would be the passenger area of the Millennium Falcon just because it would be the passenger area of the Millennium Falcon. That would be pretty great. Respect. I cried when I went through that area in uh, in, in Disneyland, in Disneyland this less, I stopped and I said, and, and then that went over here, and then that went over here. My wife is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I came here with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't. So, um, all right, we should wrap this up. Uh, you guys, you guys good on your? Yeah, uh, I'm good. This okay. is fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, spinning the wheel is always fun, right, Ryan? Yeah. This, it, it's something we ought to do more often. Uh, if we, you know, if we haven't read a book, you know, we're not finished yet, uh, then just pull out the wheel. Let's have a little fun. It's the life-changing content people have come to really appreciate on Patreon. <laughs> do they do they air these episodes in Sweden? I'm just wondering. Cause... Only in the prison system. Okay, just checking. So, speaking of Patreon, I did, I, I said, uh, I, I was going to say something. This is for those who actually, you know, enjoy the show and listen all the way through. I didn't put this at the beginning of the episode, uh, you know, just because I wanted to save it for you know, for our, our diehards. Um, but with uh, Patreon, I'm, I'm going to put the call out there, a, a very serious call to support the show on Patreon. And here's why. Um, not only do we put out a bunch of free podcast episodes for you guys and for, you know, those who put the dollars in the tip jar, we really, really appreciate you. But we're also um, trying to do more on YouTube and I'm, I'm hoping that you're enjoying that. Um, and I actually, uh, I, we've done well enough with the legendarium and i'm doing well enough with um other side projects that i have that i just quit my nine to five job uh this is a few weeks ago i am now my own boss (laughs) and uh, the legendarium is a part of how i'm building out my financial life and so uh, i i'm mentioning this to the diehard crowd who actually makes it to the end of episodes so that i can say if you've enjoyed the the series if you've enjoyed the podcast for a long time if you are enjoying what uh, i and ryan and we are doing on youtube um you know, i would really really appreciate a dollar in the tip jar uh, for these episodes um it, you know be a great uh, weight off my back you know so every little bit helps i really do appreciate those who have already done so um and uh, and hope to have some more people hop on board. Now, that being said, I know that we don't do Patreon correctly. You know, whatever, quote unquote correctly, where we don't go in and uh, give everybody a bunch of uh, 
oh, here's this behind the scenes or the, this thing that you don't get if you only listen to the free show, partly just because I'm like, no, we want to put our stuff out there. We don't, I, I don't want to put all of our, or any of our stuff behind a paywall, Greg's right? Greg's already spends so much time on his OnlyFans page that we just don't have the bandwidth <laughs> to do more legendary stuff for the Patreon. That's exactly right, yeah. Only it's, in Craig's case, it's called OnlyFan. Wow. Wow. Just, just um, Good one, Ken. <laughs> you got me. Huff, proud. Jeez. Wow. Anyway, so, yeah, so I did want to mention that. I... What I would love, eventually, you know, I'd love for the YouTube channel to uh, to get big enough uh, and for the podcast to get big enough uh, to where, um, you know, it's self-sustaining and, and I can do this full-time. We're not there yet, um, but that would be really cool, and you guys can all help with that. It's not just about Patreon and putting that dollar in the tip jar. It's also about sharing out videos if you yeah. enjoy them and, yeah. you know, hopping on Reddit and Facebook and sharing those things in your, in your groups. Uh, that really does help the show giving us five-star reviews on iTunes, you know, whatever. Um, support the show however you can. Uh, it's much appreciated. You guys have any uh, final thoughts before we go? Ryan? No, I don't Todd, think so. Ken? We're Enjoy good? getting around here. All right, let's get out. So thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening if you're on the podcast, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.